You know, we had Kelly Starrett on the episodes not too long ago. What, the episodes? Because I said the episodes. Is that what you're making well, face? plural, but go ahead. Okay, singular. We had Kelly Starrett on a recent episode. Correct. Are, are we going to just correct each other's grammar this whole episode? I mean, as long as you keep doing it incorrectly, then yes. So we had Kelly Accountability. Starrett. We I wouldn't just let you <laughs> squat on your toes all the time like you do. I'm going to correct you. Uh Go watch the episode where Fern front squats on his big toe. Threshold training. And what did you do? You did not correct. You did not help me get into a better position. You just highlighted it on on the YouTube video. You are you are uncoachable. I, listen, nobody can be coached if you don't tell them anything or show them anything. If someone squats on their toes and no one gives them a cue, are they still squatting on their toes? <laughs> I just was did watching. It I was watching. I think it was Joe Rogan recently, and they were like. If a tree falls in the woods, like that whole, what is that, a parable? I have no idea. I don't even know. Is this like posterity? Pros- I don't, prosperity? I don't Prosperity, <laughs> I use that word wrong. So anyway, we did have him on, and I, we talked a little bit about the squat test. And back in the day, I could not stay below parallel for more than 30 seconds. And people say, well, what did you do? And I said, well, A, I just started spending more time down there. I just started spending more time down there. And I would throw a challenge out to our listeners. If you can't get below parallel and hold it for five minutes, you know, Kelly Sturette. Unassisted? Unassisted. Kelly, yeah, not leaning on anything, not holding anything. But I would say you're deficient. That's fair. I mean, having spent a decent amount of time overseas in some third world countries, you see a lot of it there. You see a lot of people who, like, that's how they rest. They squat down to the bottom, and they just hang out there. There's no chairs. They don't have any of that stuff. So when they sit down, they do it from that squatting position, or they sit, like, Indian style. And if – I think that was racist. If um... – <laughs> Native American style? Like, I don't, or do we have to reclassify that sitting position now? Cross-legged. Is there a yoga pose that is for that? Lotus. Yeah, so sitting in Lotus. I apologize, everybody, if anybody was offended. We have a very that. big Native American following that you just Do we? lost. Okay, all right. Well, I apologize, everybody. So, so anyway, we probably are, I'm probably the one being racist at this point. For sure. And I don't mean any harm. I'm not the one that said that very derogatory thing about <laughs> sitting. So anyway, point is, download the GoWatt app. Because if you can't spend five minutes below parallel, you need some mobility work. I think we all could use better positions. Like even if you move well, if you're not continually trying to push end range to get not only to those end ranges, but now to start to develop some stability and strength in those end ranges, that's the next iteration of simply being able to get there. I can get there, but now can I be stable there? What percentage of CrossFitters, meaning what percentage of people that go to a CrossFit affiliate, there's 15,000 affiliates. Let's assume every affiliate has 100 members. Is that a that means there's only 150,000 crossfitters. Obviously, that's there's not There's 120 some out thousand level one trainers. Wow. And over 200,000 signed up for the Open this year. I think it was 240-something. For think. the second Open. For the second right? Open. So I think there was a total of about s- almost 700,000 people that signed up for the Open this year. What percentage of those 700,000 people do you think can do a five-minute squat test successfully? Uh, I mean, I'm going to... I'm going to give the CrossFit community a little kudos. I would bet it's probably north of 50%. You think that's good? If I if I based it judged on like my affiliate, I think I have 50% of my affiliate my members could come in and they could and they could hold the bottom of a squat. I mean like it would be 
a challenge, but they could get it. They could get it done. But don't you think that's something that a hundred percent should be able to do at some point, barring injury? You know, everybody's the, got different It's the things. goal, but that's like saying that a hundred percent of the people should be able to just drop down into a really like nice looking overhead squat. You know, you still can't do that. <laughs> so, but the point is, that should be something you're striving for. I think you would agree. We go to these boxes on the tour. We we stop in at boxes all the time, and they're programming for an hour of training, meaning workout, workout, workout. No one's like, hey, we need to be able to get our athletes five minutes below parallel. Yeah, I mean, that was something that I think we went to CrossFit Oak City, and they did. They went through a full um, full crossover symmetry piece for the warm-up, and I thought it was fantastic, and my shoulders felt significantly better. I was able to get into better positions because then we did a little snatch kind of progression afterwards it was programmed by warm-up and workout because that's the programming they use and i think more people should be spending time in that now if you don't want to put that in your classes in your lesson plan because that's not where you want to spend your time then what you can do is you can download the goat wad app as an affiliate owner because it's free you can learn that information and now you can start disseminating that and maybe some accessory work or maybe programming it or send your athletes to the go wad app it's like nine bucks yeah, month, I mean, which is incredible because you can customize it. You can do pre-wad, you can do post-wad, you can do it based on like upper body, lower body, all that stuff. And you get an end test. So it's going to tell you where you're deficient. What, what I would do as a box owner is maybe pick out three body parts and say, okay, ankles, hips, shoulders. And you kind of classify yourself like ferns tighten the shoulders, I'm tight in the ankles. So I follow the ankle protocol, mm -hmm. but then you kind of throw it in there for eight minutes at the end of class. So Put your cool down. Yeah, it's ha or, or it's happening after class even, but you get your athletes, hey, don't forget to follow the shoulder routine. Or, you know, you're doing it at the same time. You're just working on different body parts. I think what, an, what a great additional value you're giving to your members there. Yeah, it's massive. Go check it out. You can find it on the App Store and iTunes as well as Android. Go hit it up. Go odd. Let us know what you think. I've got a question for you. Is it about how fit I am? No, I already know that. I don't want to talk about that. You're not fit. I don't want to brag today. There's, there's, there's actually not even a discussion to be had there. I've, I, I've seen you. I saw you work out. We did. I think we did 16 workouts on the tour. But I would say what you did, you quasi worked out for about half of them, <laughs> and the rest of the time, you just flailed around pretending to do fitness. Did you count? How, let's let's do a quick count of how many workouts we did. Okay, so we did. We stopped at ten boxes over four days. Three of them. Well, no, I can say I can safely say that eight of ten did like did a two piece. Well, let's let's do it. Let's go in chronological order. Let's let's let the listeners hear where we went. Uh, the show's going to come out in January. It might not be in this exact order. CrossFit Invoke. Okay, so we go to CrossFit Invoke and we did two pieces. We front squatted. And we did that little triplet. Yep. Okay, so that was two workouts. 12th state. 12th state, we did a clean complex and a Metcon, so four workouts. We did Hayes Barton. Hayes Barton had a strength, a Metcon, and a cash out. Mm -hmm. So let's call that three. So now we're at seven. Okay. So we did seven workouts on day one. And now, in fairness, like the cash out was a minute, but let's just call each piece a workout. Mm -hmm. So we're at seven after day one. Keep going. Day two, we did... New Order. New Order and then TTG? New Order and then TTG, sure. So New Order had two full, I would call that two full workouts. So yeah, the, the first, now the strength portion was not weightlifting. It was, it was gymnastics heavy, but 
but it was hard. It was very hard. And then the, their Metcon was the longest workout we did. Yeah, 30 so minutes. Now, so we're at nine before TTG. What would you break? How would you consider TTG? Would you call it two, three, maybe even one? Because we did two different complexes. Yeah, but it was all snatch related. So let's so call that one. It was one. It was, the, it was just heavy lifting. And then what about the hold, though, at the end, the rack hold? Uh, that's more of a cash out for me. Like, it was hard, but it was optional, right? Like, we did it because we chose but to do that. But let's call it then. So it was, we did, what so, it was is we did four, four rounds of one minute on, one minute off of front rack hold kettlebells. But I think that is what left my midline pretty sore for the next day. Yeah, potentially. So if We did sit-ups at Hayes Barton the day before. Weighted sit-ups. Yeah. If we're, so if we're including that, we're at 11. Okay, so then we go day three, and we do um, Kurt and Lynn's gym. Okay, Briar Creek. Briar Creek. One workout. One workout. A hero, hero workout. workout. So 12. And then we go to uh, This was Brave. like two days ago that we can't yeah, remember. We, we went, it's a lot in four days. We went to Brave. They had two pieces as well. So we did a heavy press, strict right. press. And then we did because it was three, 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 one. And then a team workout. Yep. No, it was eight. It was eight. Three by eight, and then a one set of three. One set of three. That's right. Uh, so that was workout thirteen and fourteen. And then we went to. So now we're yesterday. Now we're on Thursday. Yeah. So then we went to Noose River. In Noose the morning. River. Yep. So we. So we did a, a Bulgarian split squat. Fourteen, and then a. Terrible workout. Yeah, 12 minute, 16 minute, 16 minute. 16 minute AMRAP with devil's press and step, step over. Ups. So we're at 14, 15. Then we went to um, Hammer Driven Fitness, and that, that was two pieces. All right. We did a back squat. 16, 17. So back squat, and then we both, that's going to be a great episode when it comes out because Steph Hammerman took us through a workout as if we were adaptive athletes. Yep. So you did it in a wheelchair. I did it as if I had one arm. Yep. So that was, so we're at 17 workouts, and then we, Finished at Oak City. Where that was just heavy. Well, well then we, we did, did the, the cash option, out. Right? We did so the optional cash, 18, cash out. We did approximately 19 workouts pieces, 19 in, workouts in four, in four days. So we did a lot over the last week. Where I, were we going? What I was don't it? know. You totally derailed this. You were going to ask me I a question. I had a question. Oh, yeah. And then you just completely derailed. Was this, that your question? This, no, it had nothing to do with my question. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, well, if you guys wanted to know what we did, that's what we did. So, no, let, my question let, was going to be. But before you get to your question, because that's what the episode's about. That is whatever. what the episode is about. But I'm really excited for everybody to see. Like, we just kind of gave a broad brush overview of what we did, but every episode's going to be really cool. Yeah, and they're all very different. You know, like what we did at, at Hammer Driven Fitness is very different than what we did at some of the other affiliates. And then, you know, like it, we showcased different things at different affiliates, and we did a little bit more kind of coach feedback when we went to News River, um, you know, so, but it's cool. I think everybody's going to learn something regardless of, of where you're at in your coaching or affiliate owner journey. And look for that to come out uh, beginning of 2020, you know, early to mid-January of 2020. It's going to be on our YouTube channel. And if you don't already subscribe, go to YouTube, search best hour of their day. Just so you know, every podcast also has a video component. Sometimes it's live with the people that we're interviewing or with ourselves or, you know, just the, the audio there. But we also put out some little little clips as well. And starting now, you're going to see clips of the road trip. The full episodes will be edited, come out in January. But we're going to put out some clips of what went down along the way yeah. also. So my question was about gym aesthetics, right? Does it matter how pretty your gym is? Because that that's, is something that we... 
observed as you go from gym to gym. And the more gyms that you go to, so both of us have probably been to more than 100 gyms, you start to see gyms that, and the beauty of CrossFit is they're all different. You're not going to see two gyms that look the same. They all have their unique little setups, their unique layouts, their unique facilities, their unique footprint. Does it matter what your gym looks like? I think this, you know, 2019, I think the answer is yes. And I think now, you know, there's a different question between does it matter what it looks like and does it matter how clean you keep it and organized you you keep it? I think those are kind of different categories. But if we were going to lump that all into the umbrella of aesthetics, yes, in 2019 it matters. In 2007, my gym was a mess. It was just bits and pieces of equipment from Craigslist. I bought flooring from like Costco. Like remember those old puzzle piece flooring that you'd put in like a nursery? And then I had people trying to snatch on it and they were coming apart. So I'm not shocked you did that so half ass. <laughs> I thought I was doing something really cool. Um, but the, the point is, you know, back then, it's not that it didn't matter. It's just that it was harder to have something and really care about it. But in 2019... There's, I mean, we were in Raleigh for four or five days, and we went to t- 10 boxes. There's probably 40 others we didn't go. I think our buddy John was telling us there's like 52 boxes in Raleigh. I don't know if that number is right, but it's a lot. Like, it's in the, in the greater Raleigh area. There's no shortage of CrossFit gyms, which is great. If, but the point is, if you own a box and you don't think the cleanliness of your floors or the organization of your equipment matters at this point, I think you're wrong. So let's go through. The reason I wanted to have this conversation is because, you know, obviously we've, we've been to a lot of gyms, but we just fresh off of 10 gyms that most of which we've never been to before. And we saw a lot of different things. And some of them obviously look like a little bit better than others, you know, which is, you know, not to, not to say anything bad about any one particular gym, but, you know, sometimes I think depending on your facility, you can only do so much beautification. In a, I agree with that. You know, you, I can only polish a turd so much. And so, I don't mean you're like your affiliate. I mean like the the building and the structure that it's in. Right. Yeah. Let's let, let's use example. So my question to you, which box do you think you walked into and you were like, this is the nicest looking? And let's, of the 10 that we just went to? All factors included cleanliness, organization, color scheme. 12th state. I know you're going to say, yeah. I would say 12th state was up there. Probably Oak City was a close second. Oak City is very nice. The only thing I actually, would put, I might even put that ahead of twelve. The only thing there. I would potentially change there is the lobby's very dark. It's that dark charcoal gray. Yeah, and yeah. The, the lobby at Twelfth State was brighter because the windows were right there. Well, it's also like it was. It, they had like a good color scheme of like white and grays. Um, but Oak so, City's showers were phenomenal. Oak City showers are top notch. I mean, like those are bougie. Those are like what you would find in a spa. Yeah, I spent like how long in that shower? Way too long. Like eighteen minutes. So, let's run through a couple different things that that. But if, I want to well, let you, me finish that statement. A, a box that we thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, we're at his house right now. Was Noose River correct? And I would say, out of all the boxes, that was probably the the messiest, if you will. But and it, it was, wasn't messy. Right. It, it was just, that's an example of like his layout just didn't lend itself to Correct. being super clean. Just, you know, you'll, you'll see it in the episode, but it's a little more narrow. He did a great job kind of getting the equipment off the floor. We talk about that, but just 
you 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 know you own or rent a space that's been around longer. It's just a little harder to get that clean look right away. Yeah, and it's and it's and by no means is was it dirty or disorganized. Not at all. Not at all. But it just doesn't it doesn't look as new, right? So again, like you can paint an older building, but it's still an old building. Yeah, and you can feel it. You can yeah. sense it. So let's. I want to walk through a couple of things that, like, if we were to go, if you could right now build your gym with all of the bells and whistles. What would be like the first thing? Like, what would be mandatory? Be like, I have to have this in order to separate my facility from other facilities. Ooh, well, okay, let's assume budget is not an option, but at the same time, we're being realistic. Is that fair? Like, yeah. we're not going to spend millions of dollars, but we'll put some money into it. I think two nice showers is very, and not just the showers, so, but the yeah, so bathroom. What cons- yeah, what constitutes a nice shower? Because I think this is where I think there's a little bit of uh, interpretation involved. And like some people are like, this is a nice shower, at which point you walk in there and you're like, this is actually not that great of a shower. I don't want to go in a shower where I feel like I'm going to catch a disease. Okay, so cleanliness is one thing, but what's the difference? So like I'm talking about the difference between maybe a shower shell and then maybe like a fully tiled out shower. And I think that's the difference. Like if you can afford it, you know, you go to Home Depot, you buy like the slate tiles, mm-hmm. which I believe is what Oak City had. Um, you know, you can buy a shell, but those just tend to look dirtier and older quicker. Yeah, they're harder to keep clean. They generally, and they're tough to get in decent sizes. They're generally very small. Yeah, they're like the narrow little boxes. Mm-hmm. So that with maybe a glass door and then... You can do these little things. Let's assume your shower is also your bathroom, so you have to kind of navigate that. But you have like a nice shower mat. You have a couple nice products in the shower. That's mm-hmm. cheap. I mean, you don't have to buy like Chanel, but I don't even know if that's or whatever like a good company is. But I mean, you have like shampoo. I hate going in a shower when you're traveling that has no soap. I'm like, cool. I rinsed off, and I'm still dirty. So there's two. There's two scenarios. There either it has nothing. Or it has a hodgepodge of things that people have put in there. So if you're going to have a shower, just stock the damn thing with nice soap and shampoo and conditioner. And that way people aren't... Because what happens is when everybody brings in their own little travel bottle, then it creates scum all over the bathroom and all over the shower where people leave those things. So just stock it. Like there's companies that'll do this for you. Centos will stock it for you. They have like good products there. So... Actually, and here's a cheap way. Just go buy one of those wall-mounted shampoo, conditioner, soaps. Probably get it on Amazon for maybe $10. And then go to Costco or BJ's and get, you know... Like the big industrial size. Of each one of those. You know, and and you can just squeeze it right in. Whoever cleans or if it's you once, it's probably every three days you have to fill that up. So have that. Have a... Here's some little things. And, and uh, you know, a critique of Oak City, they had a hook right outside of the shower for your towel. Yes. But where was I going to put my clean clothes? So my clean clothes, I had to put the seat down, you know, put them on the toilet. Have like a clothes, like a little rack, like, a, some like people, a coat hanger on there where I can put my towel, I can put my dirty clothes, I can put my clean clothes, and I don't have to put anything on the floor. Right, because I was getting, I was honestly getting right back into the same dirty clothes, so not big deal. I just wanted to rinse off, but... But some, most people are not. Right, some people probably have to put a suit on. Yeah. So, okay, well, where can I hang that suit? Correct. Um, have a fan in there, if you can, mm-hmm. because nothing is worse than getting out of a hot shower in Florida to immediately start sweating again. That's a good point. You know, so have that fan on, so at least it's taking... You're still going to be hot. You're probably going to sweat a little bit, but at least then it's not as bad. It's assuming it's not in a, in a temperature-controlled environment anyway. Right, exactly. But, you know, get that fan going, which, again... 
costs money, but it's possible. You can do that. All right. So showers, try to do it up. You know, don't put a shitty shower curtain in there if you're not going to have like a glass wall in there. And if you're going to have a glass door in there, clean that thing. Yeah, just get one of those little scrubber, like scraper, squeegees. like squeegees. And you know, and, and honestly, I don't think anything we just laid out would cost more than $5,000. That would be on the high end. That's I mean, like f- building a full shower with a fan. Yeah, this is assuming you don't have to do any plumbing, any electrical work, all that stuff. But if, if it's already in place, like you can upgrade your bathroom for relatively low cost. And, even, and, and actually, on the cheap, cheap, if you or one of your members is fairly skilled at you know laying tile, doing some of those things. The other thing I think is, is that I always appreciate is the sink. So if you have a traditional gym setting, and I've got two of these in my gym that I'm getting ready to swap out, is you have like the typical like sink mount that just comes out from the wall that's not like a vanity, right? Just like it looks like an old truck stop sink. Get rid of that thing. You can buy a nice vanity sink with like good hardware on it for less than 200 bucks. And it gives you more storage where you can put stuff underneath that so that you don't have a big stack of toilet paper just sitting in the corner of the bathroom where I can put it away and make it nice. Yeah, and none of these things are urgent. And I would say they're more selling points. A lot of people, in my experience, join the box because you have a shower and never use it. But they need to know that it's an option. So you might be thinking, well, I don't want to spend $5,000. But if I get two members this year because of it, that covered it. Correct. we're talking, this is what's separating, you know, this day and age, we see the push for CrossFit health, you know, the 18 and 22 year olds, they're going to join your box because they want to do CrossFit, they want to work hard. But if you want to get these six year old men and women in, they need to feel like they're spending $150 and getting a nice clean gym too. And this is what's going to help sell them. Okay. Are you a hand dryer, a hand towel or paper towel guy? Oh, that's a tough one these days. Cause I understand why a, a hand dryer is important because of the environment, but there are definitely times where I'm like, I just want to dry my hands off on paper towels. I don't think you go wrong either way, but the again, make the what really bugs me is that if you walk into a place and like the paper towels are out, like it should be something that is like readily stocked, like always ready to go, checked on a frequent basis. If you're asking me what would I do this day and age, and I've done it before, I would go on. I bought like those Dyson blades, I think they were called. Mm-hmm. It's, it's expensive, but I'll tell you what. I think they're like 700 bucks a piece. Yeah, but you're going to spend $700 in paper towels this year, and you're going to have to take the garbage out, and you're going to have to touch used paper towels when you push it in deeper. Just buy yourself the, you know, a, a hand dryer. Save yourself the stress of just having to clean up. You never have to worry about it again. Okay, last thing on the bathrooms, so and we'll move on. This is important because I got blasted for this recently by one of my clients, and then we fixed it immediately. The lighting in the bathroom needs to be appropriate. Now, for dudes... What's appropriate? It needs to be bright. For dudes, you probably don't get this. Because it's makeup you're about Correct. to Correct. Okay. Right? I do wear makeup. The la- I always wondered that. You can tell you can't It makes tell. sense now. That's good. That means I'm doing it well if you it can't makes see sense. it. So the ladies want to be able to see to put their makeup on. So you ne- if, if it's something that you mount by the mirror or somewhere else like that, like that somewhere where they can actually do that and like can see. But if you walk into the bathroom and your bathroom is dark, you need to fix the lighting. Fix the lighting and also something in there. If you can put a somehow a full-length mirror in the bathroom, put that in there as well. That's a, that's a nice value add. You could probably do that on the back of the door, no problem. Easily. And I would assume for the lighting, 
if it's a struggle, you don't have the fixtures, you can buy either the standalone mirror ones mm-hmm. that go over the sink, or maybe even, you know, those like little circle wall mounted ones mm-hmm. that you can turn on one bulb. Women will probably be happy with that. They yeah. can see their eyes, do their whatever they And do. if you have a vanity, you can get one of the ones that plugs in that ha- you can flip it around. It's like a magnifying. Right. Idea. So it's super yeah, close yeah. up. So, okay. So bathrooms clean. Oh, last thing. If you, this is my recommendation. Towel if, service. Yes. If you <laughs> have showers, you need to offer towel service. So what does that look like? What do you mean? You can do it one of two ways. I can, right. I can buy a bunch of towels and take them home and wash them in some sort of periodic basis. Or I can outsource it to a company who comes in, they drop them off, they pick them up, they do the laundry for me. Or if you have the ability to install washer dryer in your facility, we do, that's even better. But if you're going to offer that service, you need to offer towel service, in my opinion. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like 50%. You, and the reason I say you're not going to go into any other facility that offers a shower that doesn't offer towels. Name one other place that does that other than a CrossFit gym. No, you're right. Plenty of CrossFits do it, but you're right. Like if you go to a standard global gym, yoga studio, boutique, they do. I would say if I were going to do it, I would outsource it because A, I don't want to take everyone's stinky towels to my house and use my personal washer dryer. If I did have the hookup, now I have to spend money on one, which will inevitably break, cost me more money, and also time either my own a coach, an intern, et cetera. I just consider that to be cost of running a facility. Like it's, a, But I'd rather just outsource it. Hey, I got a really nice washer dryer for free from one of my members who was just upgrading their stuff. And well, she was just like, and she's just like, take it. So we took it. And it is a very nice washer dryer. It's just as nice as the one I have in my house. Well, the other cool thing about towels, if you decide to do this, is you can go to places like Towel Hub and stuff like that. Like not, not Pornhub, Jay. Towel Hub. Oh, because yeah. I already just yeah. typed it into my exactly, browser. Yeah. So you can go to a place like Towel Hub and you can buy a decent set of towels for really, really low cost, both hand towels and, and like gym towels and shower towels. Oh, you can get towels for like less than a dollar each. It it usually varies based on how many that you buy, but in a typical gym, depending on the showers, you probably don't need like two dozen would be a lot shower towels. You're going to need a, you're probably going to need a hundred to 150 like gym towels, like sweat towels, just so that you're not doing laundry every 15 minutes. I would do those as well. I mean, personally, if I we had a box, we, I, we do both. Anytime I go to a gym, be it on the road, at home, I always bring a towel just because you wind up sweating. And then CrossFit, you know, whether you need your grip on a barbell or the pull-up rig or if I'm just going to be sweaty and have to leave after. Yeah. And you probably have to buy a new set every year. So not a big deal. Like you're going to spend 300 bucks would be a lot to spend on towels for the year. Now, here's what's going to happen. And I'll tell you this because we've been doing it for a while. You, people are going to steal your towels. Yeah, that's just the cost of doing business. But if you're smart about it, two things, you can do this. A, if I want to get them back, you can create some guilt. But B, if they really want to keep it, I can create a branding scenario. See if you can get your logo printed on those towels. Right, somebody shows up at your house, you got a you know, CrossFit Rife hand towel in your bathroom. Yep. That, that's cool. But I mean, all of this being said, I know you don't charge for your towel service. You could. You could charge or just... It's one of those things where you factor it into your membership cost. You know, you go from 150 to 175. That $25 per member is way more than you're spending on You towels. wouldn't even have to bump it that much. You could bump it $5 and cover your cost very easily. 100%. But I mean, I think, you know, I, you know, for me for example, I go to a jiu-jitsu studio that rents out lockers and it's worth my $20 a month just for the ease of like I get to leave a towel, my deodorant, my my gi, whatever's there. 
members will pay for that luxury of making their life just a little bit easier. We're yep. all, how many times have you left? I mean, you have an, a reminder on your ways to not forget your kid in the car. Fact. Right? So you can imagine how many times we leave our house and we're like, shit, I forgot my towel. I forgot my shoes. You're making your members' lives easier, and that's why they would be willing to keep coming back. One really easy bonus ad is, like, stock those bathrooms with, like, the one-offs. Stock them with Q-tips, fingernail clippers, files, tissues. I love going to a box that has Q-tips. Yes, it's the best. And so, it's... So cheap. So Right. And it literally, I notice, it's one of those... And I think the listeners, as... You know, we drop into a lot of boxes, but if you don't drop into a box and you do and you see those little things. You're like, oh, shit, that's nice. Yeah, that, that Q-tip, it's like, how good does it feel to clean your ears after a shower? Yeah, it's great. And it's just like, it doesn't cost anything. No, it's so cheap. Now, so moving from the bathrooms, the next thing I think, and, and if you're wondering like, hey, what the hell does this have to do with the coaching? Uh, it has to do a lot with coaching because all of these things are attention to detail. And just like Coach Glassman said years ago, he goes, let me see the gym's bathroom and I'll tell you how successful they are. But we, you know, we were talking about it a lot on this trip because we went to 10 boxes. You know, we stayed at the same Airbnb and just, you know, it was like a nucleus and we can jet out to 10 different boxes and there were 40 others. These little things will ultimately matter. It would certainly helped me decide where I joined. If there were two boxes and all else being equal, one had nice showers and one didn't, I would definitely join the one with showers. Easily. Because I know I'm going to need them. At some point. Yeah, I, you know, I like to shower as soon as I can after I work out. And if I have other obligations and can't always go home right after, I would, I would not only join it, but I would be willing to pay more than the other box. And even if all things were equal, let's say they were exact same price point, they were equidistant from your house, like who's going to win? A, yeah. One like with the, more amenities. Yeah, exactly, because I'm getting more value for my dollar. And again, this is before we talk about the coaching. Everybody should be pushing towards that. But these little things do matter because if you don't think consumers are comparing your facility to other facilities, you're a fool. Like they are doing that 100%. You know, we have this podcast and we you know chase improving coaching. That's kind of the foundation of what we do. However, these little things for the average person, are actually more important. They don't realize what good or bad coaching is right away, but they realize clean showers. Clean showers. Yeah. All right. right, So what's next? Lobby. Yeah. We saw some good lobbies and we saw some bad lobbies, but I think what we've realized is almost all boxes need a lobby. Well, first impression is important. And what I think, or I think some gyms, and this is probably just a random observation, but Typically, if you walk in, and I don't know if this is a correlation or not, it's probably correlative, it's not causative, but most gyms that I walk into that have like a nice lobby setup that looks professional and clean and welcoming tend to be on the more successful side. And I'm not sure if because that sets the standard for either, hey, I'm going to spend money here, or this is a professional environment, or this looks clean, or this isn't intimidating. They just tend to be the ones that I, you know, based on just looking at the facility without popping the hood on the business aspect of like, they tend to be the ones that seem to be successful. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be any of those factors, but I think if you want to run a successful box in this day and age, you want your members to feel comfortable. And that means they need to be able to stick around after, but not be on the gym floor. 
And also, I think what we learned on this trip is new people, if the first thing they do is step inside your box and see people working out, that's scary. It's super scary. But, you know, using 12th State again as an example, they walk in, they get greeted by someone at the front desk, they don't even see the gym floor, it's quiet. I mean, not just for the members, but for you as the owner or a coach, you need to be able to get away for a second. So I think... Having that lobby is important. All the things we really touched upon in the bathroom kind of you know transfers over. It should be bright, should be clean. Should it be sh- a seating area that's very obvious. There should be a front desk. Not cloth seating. No, no. If you can do like like bar stools or leather of or, or, or yeah, some sort it. of synthetic something like that, like do that. But like the bar stools are easy because you can buy those at like really if cost effective places like twenty dollars each i mean maybe a little bit more than that but like you're not going to spend a ton of money there you can go to target and you can get a whole array of these like different matching bar stools with tables tables to match and you can set those up in your lobby and it's and it's because when people come in i mean you've seen this and i've seen it a million times and i've and i know people have done it in my facility before we start to change things somebody comes in because they had an appointment or maybe they just stopped by and they walk into something that would potentially resemble a lobby and then they just don't know what to do versus if I walk into a lobby, there's clearly a front desk there. There is a table that clearly is inviting me to sit there. At least I sit and wait and it doesn't feel uncomfortable versus walking into a random room and I don't know where to go. Yeah. And I know for me, especially now out in Boulder, I'm on the go all the time. You know, when I was in Naples, I would just go home a lot. But now I'm, once I leave the house in the morning, a lot of times I'm out for the day. So to be able to go to the box an hour before class and, you know, not have to worry about, hey, where's the closest Starbucks so I can sit and do work is great. You know, to use Noose River again, he has basically a open workspace. Mm-hmm. You know, we pointed out how he's got the phone chargers attached to the desk, but he said people come in and just get some work done. And I think that's cool. You're creating almost like this just community feel in the lobby where it's the third place. Yeah, I can like yeah, Starbucks. Exactly. Like I'm home, I'm at the gym and I can also just hang out here and get some work done. Yeah, and that's what you want if you want to build a community. Again, I talked about a little bit this about the, about this in the episode, but A you need to create an environment that really entices people to stay. And then that's not enough. You have to tell them you want them to stay. Well, like and- verbally with signage, with messaging, like all of that stuff matters. You'd be like, here's the Wi-Fi code. That Here's the Wi-Fi code posted somewhere in your gym. Implies, is it, it yeah. implies stay here and do what you need to do. It's a very subtle means of saying it's fine if you stay here and hang out. Yeah, and, and you know what? Have a guest Wi-Fi code so it doesn't take away your bandwidth or speed for work you need to do, but put it out there. And another thing you pointed out, I forgot what box we were at, where you mentioned the coffee. Mm-hmm. I think it was at uh, New Order CrossFit. Yep. Um, I, in fairness, I think every place had coffee. Now, but there's a difference between I have a Keurig and I have cold brew on tap. Correct. We have both at our facility, and you can do this via different companies that will set this up for you. But like, and going back to the lobby, if you can separate the lobby, which is largely for potential new clients or leads, and then have an athlete area, that's even better. That's next level. But. That's, but you know what you're doing then is you're saying, here's Wi-Fi, here's a spot, but you're also making a little bit of money by charging for the coffee. Yeah, which people are happy to pay for. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, they're happy to pay for cold brew. Like, we charge two bucks, we could probably charge three. And you could, you could probably charge five Easily. for nitro. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, you know, and then maybe also whether it's a meal service that you have in a fridge or just, you know, your standard protein type bars, microwave, but your, your coffee, all that stuff. The, the lobby is now, now making I, money. And here's what I would tell you again, going back to the little things matter. If you have coffee, you should have all of the things that go with coffee, mugs, sugar, mugs, sugar, creamer, stirs, cups, yeah, all of those things. Be professional. Don't just put a Keurig up and say, because a Keurig with no means for me to consume coffee is again, shower with no towel. It's only half of the equation. Like it doesn't invite me to drink the coffee. It's just like they have coffee here, but apparently I'm just supposed to let the Keurig pour into my hand because there's nothing for me to put it in. Yeah. What it looks like to me is, oh, that's what the owner of the box uses for his coffee. Or they found that in their garage and it was like, I might as well bring it to the gym. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in the day I bought a Keurig for the gym and it was like a dollar a pod. Yeah, and, a and people, you know, whatever, yeah. So you, you basically make enough to cover your own coffee addiction and buy more. Exactly. But that was, you know, nowadays so have with creamers, nitro. If you can, I mean, if you want to go even, again, more next level, if you have the ability to put like a small fridge in there and you can have some creamers that need to be refrigerated, put that stuff in there too. And again, like you can add some really nice things to this where you can buy like these uh, like paper cups that you can brand with your own logo. That way when people leave, it doesn't say Starbucks, it says CrossFit Rife or whatever Or on sell it. CrossFit Rife mugs. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just another revenue stream. Now, if your tr- need to do this on the cheap and you're trying to bootstrap this, put a donation jar up there. The donation jar will cover the cost of the K-Cups, I promise you. Well, easily. It will cover its cost. So if you're going to do coffee, do coffee. Don't just put coffee up there. Walk by. If there's empty, if you have the little turnstile thing. With the K-Cups. With the K-Cups. There should not be an empty little slot in there. It should be full to the brim every single time. If you if, walk by it, it should be full. If you're listening to this and you own a box and you don't have coffee, we're basically handing you money right now. There's ways to monetize no, that. This is, I, I would say if you don't have coffee and you start, you're making money. How would you not make money? Well, you have to charge for it first. No, I'm saying whether you buy a Keurig, you go find a local any, – anywhere you live in the States, you can find a local cold brew – That'll drop a keg off these days, and you can charge two to five dollars. So whether you're charging for K cups or for nitro, it's you're gonna make money unless no one's worst stealing. case. If worst case, you're going to break even. Break even, and you, and you have free coffee. Okay, now I'm gonna give everybody a little tip here too. If you're worried about the old fat, be like, hey, this is another thing that I'm selling that I have to do a charge my I'll give them my your, tab, yeah. then. Then what you need to do is set up a little Venmo, little kiosk there, where so, where you have your Nitro Brew set up. Just put your your uh, QR code above that with the cost for for the pour up there. Have them scan it, and then they pay you for it. Like it's just that easy. Like this stuff is not complicated, but it, it's again, it's a tremendous value add. And then if you're offering cold brew, you can do it a couple different ways. You can say, hey, here's a coffee subscription for 20 to 30 bucks because at that point if they're charging two bucks they're like and most people are going to drink far more than 15 cups of coffee a month but what i'm doing is i've kind of subsidized this across numerous people and again i'm probably making money at this point yeah i would the markup is so great that it'd be very hard to lose money on that correct unless you're unless people are legitimately stealing but if you have a sign that says this is not free please pay the two dollars you're good it'll it'll take care of itself some other nice little things you can throw into the lobby you know, maybe a TV where you can stream mm-hmm. the games or... Or if you have a podcast that your gym runs, stream that bad boy Or on stream there. best hour of their day. That's another one. You know, if you do that, I think it's going to just boost your business. Some other little things you can do is maybe 
have a open fridge that anybody can kind of put their food in, just clean it out every so often. Yeah, that one be careful with. There needs to be rules there because that like one that. Can, that one can be a runaway train where all of a sudden like it's that disgusting fridge that you that was in your college dorm room. Yes, I that's got that. that's got a ketchup bottle from 1984 in it. I would say. I like that because, you know, whether you do grocery shopping or you need to, sometimes, like, like I said, I'm out for the day, I bring my meals, and I don't want to leave it in the car. And sometimes if out. you have a meal service company that's, that has a refrigerator in your gym, you can dual purpose that. Yeah, use a shelf or two for it. Yeah, but I think can, that you that, can dual purpose it. That's a great idea. What about a water fountain? What do you guys do at Rife? That's a must. So we have, we have like a standard water fountain, like hot, cold water fountain. We don't have the, the more high-end one, like with the, the bottleless that you like you see at airports uh correct which we need to get i i like i said i think having i think you need to offer some free water yes right some but some boxes don't some boxes are like well we sell water we have two water fountains i have one on either end just because it's a little far to go from one to the other you have a male and a female right you segregate no okay so fit and unfit (laughs) so you would go to the unfit water fountain so you i think this day and age you should get the water fountain that has like that bottle dispenser one at the airport you you can sell water bottles to me is one of those things that's How about a little more sell effort. branded shaker bottles. Yeah, I think the, the, those types of things are great. You know, sell sell a branded shaker bottle that people can use for water. Sell a you know hydro flask type mm-hmm. water bottles with your logo on it. Personally, I don't want to have to do Costco runs every day and charge a dollar. You have. A, I have to clean up after you guys. If you're going to do them. that, you should get a vending machine. If you're going to sell those That's two to, sure. you should get the, if you're going to be selling like a, uh, if you have significant turnover of things that are like bars, Fit Aid, Bangs, Monsters, all that stuff, you should gosh, very, very strongly consider doing a vending machine so that you can remove yourself from that $3 transaction. And yeah, you're going to pay a transaction fee and I get it, but time is money, right? It will pay for itself. I've had one for like three years. What I can do is I've got all of my supplements, and or not all my supplements, all of those kind of what I consider like pilferable items that people can just walk away with randomly, whether it's on purpose or not. They're locked in a closet, and then everything goes in the vending machine, and they can pay by card. It comes out. Even things like a jump rope. You could put it. You could put it. You could get really creative. You can put a lot of stuff in there. You can put Wadden Duns in there, which are little hand tape. Yeah, things. I've seen you people put, put T-shirts in there. You, put, you can put a lot, of, and you can buy in there. You can buy the really high end ones that are refrigerated. You can like you can go anywhere there, but you need to get out of the way of that transaction because it, it's not worth your time. If you if you think about the time devoted to making a three dollar transaction and how many times it happens in a day, it's not worth your time. Just and also, just if it's one of those times of the day where you're the coach and no yeah. one else is there, you're going to lose $3 because they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, put me down. Yep. You forget, they forget. So certainly a vending machine helps. Or or Venmo. Like set up your store area so, where you have supplements and they can Venmo for those products that are a little bit higher priced. So to explain that. to the, You've mentioned it a couple of times and we talk about it on the tour, but what do you mean exactly? So you have a printout of a QR code. Correct. Someone opens their Venmo, mm-hmm. they scan the QR code, and then they type in the dollar amount. Correct. So if they're not doing that, like you've said to me, they're basically purposely not paying you. Correct. There, nobody's ac- once, once you post it, it's no longer an accident. They're willfully walking by that and taking it. So your sign has to be big enough that it catches their attention. Or just directly in line of sight. Right. You know. So that's, that's a super simple way to eliminate it. It also decreases your transaction fee, Correct. 
Uh, correct. I mean, you're going to pay for you're going to pay sales tax on that stuff anyway. If you're doing it right, which is when I make that import, then I'm going to calculate sales tax on top of it. But you're not paying a thirty cent plus credit card fee. Correct. I'm not paying like I'm going to pay income tax on it, but I'm I might not pay a transaction fee on it for like whatever that merchant is. Right. Correct. All right. So so what else? We've talked about bathrooms. We've talked about lobby. Where else are we going in the box? Let's go in the gym now. So let's talk about the gym. What's the difference between like what you consider a nice gym and something that is circa 2007? I think the first thing I happen to notice is just the brightness of the gym. I so don't, lighting or, or color schemes? Both. I think it's got to be A, the lighting, whether it's you know artificial or windows. I mean, the boxes that were really bright on this road trip were New Order, 12th State. What else? Can you think of another one that we... Oak we, City. Oak City was bright, but not because of windows. Because of the lighting. Because of the lighting, yeah. right? So I they think, have LED lighting. In right, there. either way, but it just felt brighter. And I think the colors on the wall, I mean, uh, Hammer Driven was also like that. Uh, yes. That was super That's bright. That's a beautiful gym. And I think, honestly, if I think back about it all... Oh, I forgot to mention at the beginning. That was probably up there, too. That was, yeah. State and, and That was and definitely... Driven. Yeah. yeah. All of them had almost the same exact gray. Yes. It's kind of... It's a very neutral color. But it's... It's dark and light at the same time, Correct. if you will. Like, it's gray, so it's... It gives this vibe of, like, okay, we're not yellow, pink, or off-white eggshell, but we're also not black. Correct. And the beauty of some of those grays, and this is something I've been considering in our facility because we have uh, kind of white, we have like a jazz blue, and then we have like a like a lime green. It's like this really bright wall with a big-ass logo. It's like 40 feet long on it. But the beauty of those grays is it's really easy to do accent colors with gray because there's so many shades of gray. Any, yeah, any color goes with it as well because yeah. I think... Well, let's, so let's think about it, if you can. I know at Steph's gym at Hammer Driven, the accent color was like a teal. It was like a green, yeah. At 12th State, it was, I think, like a blue. blue. Yep. Um, and at Oak City, I think it was... It was just was, shades of gray. Is that what it was? Yeah, and black. You know, but it was all... But they all appeared bright. Yeah. So first of all, you just have to have that bright... Like, again, going to Noose River, who, you know, we loved the box and we loved John, it was definitely a darker feel in there. Yeah, so the lighting was good, but then it's a black and red. And there was also just no windows inside the box. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you can't control everything about your box, but you can certainly control the lighting. You can control what colors you put on the wall. And it can it can get a little costly if you start having to change out ballasts in your gym, but if you can just switch to LED bulbs instead of that kind of crappy yellow lighting, the other thing this is going to do for you is it creates for significantly better pictures and photos in your facility because and also that lighting affects your color patterns in the gym too because like if you have yellow lighting like in our gym we have that kind of that green wall that green tends to bleed over into other things in the facility so that's something we've been thinking about is like we probably need to maybe change that wall and do a little bit of like a a, a kind of like a refresh in here because of what it gives us from a photo standpoint well one thing you mentioned especially you mentioned it at hammer was having your logo on the wall that is a must, in my opinion. Like, you need to take down everything, with the exception of maybe one or two things that are that are maybe like close to you. And when you walk into your facility, it should say Jason's CrossFit Gym. At no say- point, at no point should you be able to take a photo and not see a logo in the background. If somebody takes a photo in your gym and and you can't tell where you are, then you need to fix that. 
Yeah, I mean, just have a big logo so no matter where the picture is taken, especially drop-ins, yeah. it's, it's advertising. Yeah, it's but free advertising. Well, you just said, you know, taking down these other things, I think what people need to get is all these banners. Take them down. It's nonsense. You're, it's you're putting ridiculous. Up, you're putting up banners of companies that don't do, do anything, anything for, for you. you. Yeah, they don't I do mean, anything for you. Sure. If, if, you, if, we, if Best Hour of Their Day sends you a banner and you want to put it up because you have a relationship with us, like, oh... They sponsor us or this or that. That's one thing. But I'm never, we're never going to send you a banner because, as an affiliate owner, it's selfish. Well, like, we, you put up these rogue banners, for example, and we all love rogue, whatever. It's cool, but rogue doesn't sponsor my gym. They're not paying for that slot. They're not giving me free equipment. And I love rogue, but I'm not hanging a rogue banner in my gym. No, the fact that we have their rig is enough. Yeah, it says Rogue on it. Your plates say Rogue. Like, that's all the advertisement you need. If you're going to put a banner there, why not put your logo there? Like, promote yourself, not these other brands. The only thing that I would hang would be if my athletes achieved something. So, like, the only things we kept are we have a Memorial Day Murph banner because I think that's just a staple of the community community stuff. We have a 31 Heroes banner in there because that is something that I was very close to and is very – central to our community and then we have a marston banner which is a hero workout because he was a member of ours but those are the only three non-crossfit rife things that you will find hanging in the gym yeah and if you want to throw an american flag of course or the military branches which i have a story about that somebody told me to take down my uh don't tread on me flag and we had a we had it out but anyway well we'll talk about that another time but you know those types of things or if back in the day you made it to regionals and you have like one of the Foot Maybe. pads or whatever. That Maybe. Would, yeah. But those are, I'd say, acceptable. But if you're looking around, I mean, we went to quite a few that had just like random company banners on. And, and half the time, you're not even associated. We like, They're hey, just we've old got this and you just didn't want to get the ladder out to take that banner exactly. down. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a branding nightmare because in, I don't want people in my facility under my brand thinking about other brands. I want them focused on our brand. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when you go to college and you like get your own room. And you just put everything you yeah. can on the walls. Like, I got a black light poster. I got a you know, tie-dye tapestry. Got a Rob Zombie and Boys to Men poster <laughs> right next to each other. And a Lamborghini. It's a weird <laughs> mix of genres. But yeah, it's, and, I, and I get why owners want to do that because they feel the need to fill the space. You know, and and fill it with your stuff. Yes, it's going to take you a little bit more time if you want to break out a projector and hand paint on the wall, but the, it will it will pay for itself. I assure you. Like we we have done that. We've thought about this many many times, and we put our logo in very specific places in the facility because if and if you want to know how to do this, go back and look at all the pictures where your members are taking pictures, and. If there's a specific angle or direction they're shooting those photos, put a logo in the background. That's a good way to look at it. Now, the other thing I personally look for is just open floor space. Yes. So we so, talked a little bit about this with regard to, like, where's the rig, too. Yeah, you know, you have to look at logistics. And, and if you need help with that, shoot us a picture of your box. We'll, we'll happily tell you kind of some ideas. But for me, I like to be able to walk into a box and just feel like it's not claustrophobic, maybe, like, you should be able to do like a little lap jog, like an old school high school warm up type of thing, mm-hmm. like sidestepping, jogging around the box. So that is really important. And, and again, you know, if your box is narrow, you might not be able to have that, but do some things like take your equipment off the floor, maybe keep the equipment that doesn't get used as often, like boxes or wall balls or kettlebells. Put it away. Yeah, have a storage space. Whether you make it or buy it, 
there's so many easily maneuverable storage racks these days. It's there's no reason you can't have one. Yeah, my my big thing is when I walk into a facility, which I is like, is it clearly and logically stored somewhere? And from a gym owner, this is going just going to save you time. If I'm going to tell you this, we just broke ten years. If if that piece of equipment, it does not matter what it is, does not have a very obvious home, it's not going back there once somebody takes it out. Meaning, if that wall ball does not have a specific slot that is labeled by weight where that wall ball should go back, it's not going back there. It's going to go, it's going to go, sometimes you're going to walk through and you're going to think to yourself, how in God's name did somebody think that is where that piece of equipment went? I don't understand why you thought that taking the barbell and putting it on top of the washer dryer was where the barbell went. I don't understand that. And that's like falls into the category of, I know where it goes. But no one else does. It should be very obvious, right? Again, it should have a home. Like, and dude, I mean, if you want to go so far as like stencil the outline of that thing on the wall, then like that's maybe not a bad idea. Yeah, look I, at you know, Briar Creek did something super simple, right? They they have their kettlebells organized by weight just on the floor. They took some sort of electrical tape, created rows for each, you know, from seventy to fifty three and down. And and labeled the front of the row, mm-hmm. and it was very obvious when we were done with the and bell. They're, and they're color coded. Yeah, and then, and then we have other things where you want to make it very obvious that somebody has like potentially made a mistake. So so we could do the same thing with the dumbbells. Yeah, right? you so, made a good point on the dumbbells at so, Oak City. So which we did as well. So the dumbbells can have a place, but a lot of times people, if you're looking at this rack of dumbbells and they're all laid on the floor, I don't really know what weights those are. Because yeah, and, I'm just looking at the the end of the head of the dumbbell, and sometimes even if you're looking straight down on it, the the number is imprinted in the same rubber as the head, and or it's, it's hard to decipher, to, or it's turned to the side, and I don't see that printed side. It's on the other side. Yeah, you got to do dumbbell. the thing where you flip it around three times. Yeah, so and I'm like, what number? weight is this? What weight is this? So not only can you label the storage space, take a silver sharpie and label the head of the dumbbell, the outside, head. the outside head, so like left and right with the weight on there. So. This is twofold, though. This is not just for storage purposes. From a coaching standpoint, I cannot tell you how much easier it hit or quicker it has made my ability to suggest a change for somebody mid-workout. Because if it's not labeled that way, I have to go over there and ask them, hey, what weight is that? And they're like, it's a 45. And now I've wasted seven seconds in a class. Instead of just looking at that, as they're doing the workout, I see that they have a 35. I walk over and I just make the change for them. And I can skip the whole question. I walk over, I grab a 25. I said, you're going to use this instead because I saw what they were doing. So it helps you from a coaching standpoint, just label the head. But also what it does is if they put that back they can see what it says on there and they realize that like this number doesn't match the rest of the numbers because it's more obvious. So I think everything should have a very, um, a very specific home. And I'm a huge fan of wall mounting your material, like anything with the exception of barbells. I think that can be a waste of space. I think those should be stored horizontal or excuse me, vertically. But if you can hang rowers, if you can hang benches, if you can get like most of those things off of the floor and onto the wall because they don't get used every single day. You can get it off of the floor because anything on the floor collects dust. Yeah. And the average piece of equipment outside of a barbell gets used maybe once a week. Correct. Like go back and things like wall ball, kettlebell, dumbbells, even rowers once a week, maybe rowers a couple of times. If you factor them into your warm up, get them off the floor Floor space is the most valuable commodity we have at the box. Clear that off. 
And it's just it just makes your box look cleaner too. Yeah, it's super clean. The other thing that I've seen and we've done at our gym, but I've seen a lot of gyms do this is um, is color coat your weights. If you don't have like the nicer the nicer color colored weights like right, the, Rogue, the bumpers, the bumpers, but color coat them, and that way. You know, when somebody's like, I don't know what weight I should use, go over there and grab the green one. Forget what weight it is, like, and and it will go back to the right spot as well. Like, how many times have we gone where like there's a 35 in the 45 stack? But if the if it's colored orange and blue, like nobody's putting the orange in the blue. And that's you know what's a simple way to do that? Stack your weights, spray paint them, and just do a strip. Right? You can yep. even put some painters tape on there so it gets the same exact mark on everyone. Yep. And then something that Ty pointed out at Hammer Driven that he does and. I don't think either of us ever thought of this is oh, rotate yeah. your weights. Yeah, so if you're if they're stacked vertically, meaning like you're just throwing them on top of each other, that those ones at the bottom never get used. Never get used. So flip them around that way you can get more lifespan. It's like it's like driving a Jeep that has a spare tire. If you're not rotating that fifth tire in there, you should be because it's there. You're going to get longer lifespan out of that set of tires than if I just rotate four. It's the same thing with your plates. Yeah, you don't have to do that every day, but once a month if you did that. Yeah, not even that probably. Like once a quarter and you probably – because like the, that, that one's going to sit down there again Yeah, at the bottom until I switch it. So super simple stuff. Anything else you would talk about inside the box? The, the floor is tough because floor gets expensive. However, if you can afford it, my recommendation is getting the rollout flooring and yes. have a professional come in and cut it to the floors. Yes. So this is something we're guilty of is because we did this 10 years ago, and I just haven't gotten to the point where I want to bite that bullet. So you spin. have horse stall mats? We have horse stall mats, and those can be a bitch to cut, by the way. They're, so They're a bitch to cut, and they're very hard to ever get to look clean. You can do it. So t- for 12th State is a perfect example. They had horse stall mats, and that floor was clean as hell. Okay, so let me rephrase it. They will never look as clean as their counterparts Correct. Of, of rolled flooring. 100%. You know, because who had rolled flooring on the tour? I know Hammer Driven. Oak City. And, and Oak City. And Hammer Driven. And, the, and it's one of those scenarios. So what came first? You know, is it the fact that they had those, and we've stated them multiple times for looking clean? Mm-hmm. So it's easier to look clean. And in fact, Hammer Driven even mentioned they don't even have a bulldog yet, meaning they're, yeah. squir- they're, they're doing that by hand. Yeah. But it just... They're much easier to to get clean again. Horse stall mats, just they have those grooves in them. They yeah. they tend to stay dirtier. They also, while they can butt up against one another, inevitably there'll be some cracks and just dirt, dog hair, chalk. If you gets can in do there. that, my recommendation is spend it's a it's a nominal amount. But if you're going to do stall mats, but buy the ones that interlock, and then you never have to worry about that. Interlocking is better because now I have to offset in order to make sure that they they lay out correctly when I when I put them all down. Um, but yeah, like if you can't, and again, I'm saying that knowing full well that rollout floor can get really expensive. But maybe put it in your five year plan that I want to swap out this whole floor with rollout floor because quite frankly, like again, it's just first impression. Like it just looks nice. It automatically gives the gym the feel of like a Globo gym, which is typically a little bit more professional, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I mean, not that you should. You know, here's just a solution. If you want to do that, go get yourself a very low interest credit card. You know, maybe one that's not due for eighteen months. Even I've done that before. Buy the flooring, pay for the 
installation on the same card and then slowly chip away at it. It's kind of like a free loan for your business. Obviously, you have to pay it back in in the right amount of time or you're going to get dinged for all the interest, but it could just be an easy way to to improve your bucks. Or there's companies that will finance that for you. They'll finance all of it, like the install, the flooring, everything. And you can just do like a three or $400 payment a month for that stuff, but immediately puts me ahead of the curve and then I'm done at 12 months or whatever it is. And keep, keep in mind, these are all very small little things. The flooring is not, but most of the rest of the stuff is well, just attention to detail. I just mean, these are all things that play a role. They, they definitely, like you said, is a correlation, is a causation. You got to be a good coach. At the end yes. of the day, you have to be improving as a coach, but CrossFit's growing. There's, if you're listening to this, you know there's a box down the road. And again, Fern and I will tell you, you're not competing with other boxes. You're competing with the gym industry. You're competing with getting that dude walking the grocery cart hunched over that we saw to understand why they need to squat, why they need to deadlift. But these little things will play a huge role in, in the success of your box. I mean, at the end of the day, we know that the methodology is superior. Like yeah, if, there's you, no arguing there's that no at argument. this point. If you want to be fitter. However, so, but we can't lay our, we can't hang our hat on that. We have to learn some things like Orange Theory or Barry's Boot Camp or Eat the Frog or F45. We need to take the things that they do well, which is cleanliness, organization, amenities, and apply that because to some extent, like some, to some extent, we have to acknowledge that people don't care. They don't care sometimes if the methodology is superior. They don't even know is the problem. It's not that they don't care. They don't, they don't know any better. I mean, you, the average person shows up at a box and whether you're doing one workout or four, that's their first they don't know. Ex- exposure to CrossFit. So you have to start getting in the mindset of competing or trying to at least try to meet the expectations from an amenities standpoint because that stuff is going to matter as everything evolves, as more people start doing functional fitness and not calling it CrossFit. You, you, you can't ignore that. Like You will get gobbled up and spit out, and um, I think it's super important. And on that note, like clean your gym. If I do burpees on your floor and I get black shit all over me, that's gross. I'd say that's the one common theme at all the boxes we went to. I never felt dirty at the work during the workout. Or well, I after. think people have gotten hip to that, that you can't do that anymore. And here's two hacks. Number one, like maybe you can't afford a bulldog scrubber, which I think it's like maybe 120 bucks to lease to own over three years or something like that. So you probably can. It's well worth the money. Like I cannot think of a better investment than one of those floor scrubbers in a gym that gets as much foot traffic as it does. The other thing which can make that easier is go block, go buy a blower, whether it's a corded blower or a battery-powered blower, and it's just the fastest way to just, particularly on days like when you have rope climbs, when there's just shreds of rope all or, over the, Or fall. Like fall for me, with meaning the leaves. autumn, yeah. Yeah, with the leaves in the In Albany, it was like, it was worse than the winter because the winter, we wouldn't run, but fall was still nice enough that you can run outside, and then you're just tracking dirt and leaves in. Yeah. And I would just literally open the door and blow them out. Yeah, so we would open – so what I do at our facility is we open up both ends of the gym, and I typically try to figure out, like, which way the wind's blowing at that point, so I'm not working against the wind. But um, And I'll turn the fans on because if you're going to use a blower, yes, like, you're going to be blowing dust up into the air. But the vast majority of this stuff is going to be going out the door, and that's where you want it to go. So I'm going to take – and we have probably 7,500 square feet of open floor space at our gym. I can blow out the entire gym – all of that in 20 minutes, and then I'm going to come behind with the scrubber, which takes me for all of those because there's three different spaces, like maybe an hour. So you're talking about an hour and 20 minutes to get the floors looking really clean. 
And do that three times a week. I was going to say, you don't even have to do that every day. Yeah, three times a week, and it'll be good. And I'm sure a couple of those times a week, someone else is doing it at CrossFit Rife. 100%. You know, if you are going to barter, get a teenage kid to do that, and you're good to go. These are all just small, little details you can do, none of which were crazy expensive. You know, the flooring. No. But sure, the little stuff. You know, don't you don't have to gut your bathroom after listening to this. But take one little piece from each of these and implement it, and I think you'll see a tremendous difference in your box. And look at this as long-term. Some of these things you can do today, some of them go on my 12-month plan, some of them go on my 24-month plan, some of them go on the five-year plan, but they should be on the plan. If you walk in your bathroom, I'm like, hmm, this is very, very average looking, and it looks like a 7-Eleven bathroom in the middle of nowhere, then we need to upgrade that. It doesn't have to be today. I just have to figure out some time frame in which I'm going to upgrade it over time. Same thing in your gym. Organize a little bit better. Figure out how to clean it a little bit better. Throw away that crap equipment that you don't use anymore. If you haven't used it in six months, get rid of it. It's just create, collecting dust and taking up space in your floor, and it looks like shit. You nailed it. These are all just little things to make your box better. I'd say easy way to wrap it up, create the box you would want to join. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, one more time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and send us any feedback you have to at Best Hour of Their Day on Instagram and best hour of their day at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. We appreciate you. Thanks again. Have a great rest of your day.